You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Brown, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. We hope everyone had a wonderful holiday, December 27th, recording this on a Tuesday night. Bryson, did you get what you wanted for Christmas? I wanted a Panthers win, so yes, I did. I, I got what I wanted and more. Um, yeah, I, I had a great holiday with the family. So just, you know, the, the main thing was getting ready to getting to see some people that, you know, you don't get to spend a whole lot of time with, so – that was the best part. Yeah, I, I I would agree with the Panthers win. I feel like that was – that topped it. Uh, in-laws came into town, so that was good to see them and kind of show them around North Carolina. And it was very, very cold. So that was fun. But believe it or not, the Panthers control their destiny here on out. Two games left. They win and they're in. Um what a performance Saturday they put on a, a historic game, weather-wise, breaking records with temperatures, historic game offensively. Initial thoughts on the win Sunday against Detroit. Yeah, I mean, what was there not to like? Uh, Brian Saturday, Burns. I'm sorry, Saturday game. Yeah, Brian Burns had multiple sacks. Defense played. Well, I mean, they held one of the top offenses in the league to um, – I, I don't remember the final score, what the Lions had, but held them to way under their, their season average uh, in rushing and passing. Uh, and just, of course, the offense, you know, I mean, really don't even have to mention but because ev- everybody knows, but the 320 yards rushing and like 200 and whatever it was at half, 210 – at halftime was just absolutely crazy. Uh, I, I did not see that coming at all, uh, but I'm glad it did. Uh, and hopefully, you know, the, the main thing with this team that we, we all know that we've seen this year is, is consistency and can they continue to stack and build off of this. Uh, they do, like you mentioned, control their own destiny. So uh, it's up to them at this point. And if they can be consistent, which they've struggled with all year, if they can find a way to do it in these final two games, then – we're going to be watching a, a playoff game in the middle of January in Carolina. So uh, I overall, obviously I'm very, very excited and happy with the win. Um, just kind of makes you think back on the season on like some of those games that we could have won be putting us in a much better spot than we're in now. But like the Atlanta game with, with the famous Eddie Pinera miss kicks or um, the even week one versus the Browns when Cade York, who's sucked this year besides week one, hits the 60 yard or whatever it was to beat us. Like there's just so many games that could have went the other way that really would have went a long way towards this week uh, in, in Carolina, you know, being in the lead in the division, but, but overall excited and I'm hyped for the game this weekend. Yeah, it was a fun one. Um, I went to the game this Saturday, very cold, very Wisconsin ass type weather. Um, My father-in-law, he went to the Packers game the previous week. He said it was colder in Charlotte than it was in Green Bay the following week on that Monday night game. I think it was versus the Rams. So very cold. Hats off to Roy and Riot. They they had fire pits out at the tailgate. 
which went a really it went a long way i mean it was we stood by those like eight ten people huddled around two little fire pits and they kicked up enough heat and of course the alcohol helped a little bit um science wise not really but it felt like it <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah the game was awesome it was it it was exciting there wasn't too many lions fans there for the most part and they kind of blended in with their colors so you didn't see the big old yellow wave or red wave you saw in, when san francisco and the pittsburgh came to town but yeah you mentioned it run game was outstanding um down the stretch they're gonna i mean they've leaned on it really since steve wilkes has taken over and they're gonna need to lean on it these next two games and you know that's what really makes a good team you know stand out in the playoffs is when you got a run game crazy to think we're talking about playoffs with this team right now but yeah 320 rushing yards on the ground Deontay Foreman had a hell of a game I think it's most rushing yards in a game 165 Chuba Hubbard you give him you give him flack but he had a good game man he played well uh, yeah I, I, I yeah I mean um that's another take that is I mean it just seems like with all the players that I've been hard on since Matt Rule left it, they have started to flourish so um, maybe it was just a Matt Rule thing. <laughs> yeah, they're performing well. And Sam Darnold, even at, he was running a little bit. I think he, I want to say he had a rushing touchdown off of a read option, played late in the game. That was a good one. Um, so, yeah, rushing game was outstanding. Offensively, I thought they played really well, too. Sam Darnold, you know, kept the ball away from the Lions, moved the ball down the field. They set a franchise record with total yards. Uh, we got to talk about the offensive line. They were outstanding after really struggling against Pittsburgh. I felt like they shorted up. Uh, PFF, it looks like zero sacks, zero QB hits, which is great. I mean, keeping them away from Sam Darnold and letting him work in the pocket uh, is good to see. Um, you know, the the lions go out and get this premier pass rusher and Aiden Hutchinson. And I say Aiden Hutchinson, who, cause he was non-existent in that game. Icky Aquanu had him pl fucking on skates on Saturday. That was, that was a hell of a performance across the board with that offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just to come out of a game with zero QB hits and to rush for 320 yards is just like, the, an all-time offensive line performance. I mean, it's one of the best I've ever seen. And to come off the week that they had in Pittsburgh, that was probably the worst they've had all, all year uh, performance-wise in a game is is awesome. And it really kind of uh, – it lends to that that locker room talk that every, everybody's been hearing about Steve Wilkes is that he's going to call you out and he, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. And um, it, I, I assume he called the offensive line out because, you know, you – uh, you heard the reports they came to the offensive line meeting with ski masks on and um, and they definitely rebounded in a major way this past weekend. Yeah, and uh, defensively, you talked about it a little bit, but Brian Burns, guys playing at a high level after really nothing in the Steelers game. I think he had like they were half a sack or whatever it was. Um Two sacks in this last game, played at a really high level. 
Uh, PFF's got him at 13. Everywhere else I see he's got him at 12 and a half. Anyway, he's two and a half or whatever you want to call it, three sacks away from breaking the franchise single season record. He's having a hell of a year, and you would have loved to see Carolina locked him up earlier than they are because they are going to have to pay him a boatload of money. Yeah, he's going to be the highest paid defensive in, in the league uh, this offseason. I don't have any doubt about that. I mean, uh, coming into the year, my biggest thing was I just wanted to see him get over 10 sacks, and he's definitely over overperforming. And if he breaks the team record, he is going to break the bank. Absolutely. I have no doubt about that. And uh, rightfully so, he, he's going to he's gonna earn it. So uh, I have no doubt that Carolina's going to have to either pay that man or watch him walk out of the door, and I really uh, would prefer – that not happen. Yeah, I want to say in our – I'll have to go back and listen and try to remember this for next week, but I want to say both of us at least predicted Burns to go over 10 this year. I mean, obviously, it's. I mean, he had nine the last couple of years. So, But I think I had him at 14. I hope he gets there and I hope he passes that up. But, yeah, he's he's playing at a really high level right now. Derek Brown had a good game as well. I think he was – I just saw – I think – PFF had him as like the top five highest greatest graded defensive tackles this week. So I think it was like 89 graded on that. So he's, I mean, he just keeps rolling too. So hats off to him. I also wanted to give a shout out in this game to Eddie Pinheiro. Really yeah. since that Atlanta game, I think he's, I thought Joe Persons tweet tonight, 17 17- field goals in a row now he was three for three on Saturday four extra points I mean I remember after that Atlanta game when he missed those two kicks where they asked Wilkes if they'd bring someone in he kind of stuck to his guns and said now we're we're confident in him and it's panned out he's he's played well up to this point he hasn't had the pressure yet again since the Atlanta game to actually you know kick a game-winning field goal on the line so I'm curious to see how he does with that pressure on him moving forward. But yeah, he's playing. He, I mean, he's kicking at a high level right now. Yeah, and he's. I think he's only seven kicks away from breaking the franchise record for most kicks in a season. Uh, John Casey holds it. So uh, I mean that that's great uh, to bring in somebody that has been as consistent as he is. I think he's third in the league right now uh, percentage wise. I think he's like ninety point eight percent on extra points and, and uh, field goal goals made um, together. So definitely somebody that I think I, you know, I tweeted out yesterday or the day before that I think that they're going to move on from Zane Gonzalez to uh, keep Eddie Pinero just because of his consistency and his ability that he's shown to stay healthy. And Gonzalez has had his injuries in the past and put them in a bad situation this year, but luckily they, they lucked into Eddie Pinero. And uh, I think that, it's either going to be a kicking competition in camp or they may just roll with Eddie because they would save money cutting Gonzalez. Uh, they did re-sign him this past offseason. Uh, they would save a little bit of money towards the cap. I think it's $2 million, But uh, for a team that only has about $2 million in cap space right now, you know that, might, that may be something that they do. But uh, one, one player that you touched on a little bit that I wanted to touch on uh, a little bit as well on the offense uh, was Sam Darnold. Um, this guy – leads the NFL in adjusted yards per attempt since week 12. And since he took over for the Carolina Panthers, the, the Carolina Panthers are second in the league in EPA uh, expected points, uh, which essentially is a stat that's used to measure how good a team is. And that is something that is 
very impressive in this past week against the Lions defense that has been playing really well as of late. He looked phenomenal. Um, I thought Sam Darnold played an amazing game. Uh, and this is just something that it's been three weeks in a row now, right? That he's he hasn't turned the ball over. He's he's not forcing anything. Um, he's making his reads. He he can run more than what he has, I believe. And I think this past week we saw that more than any other week. So hopefully that continues to grow. But uh, I mean, he is playing great football right now. And I this is exactly what we thought we were going to get out of Baker Mayfield was just a, a game manager who can make the throws when. We needed him to. That didn't work out, but Sam Darnold is doing exactly what is required of him at this point. And if he can continue to to build off of this and these games that he's had, I do think Carolina, you know, has a has a chance to win the division and obviously make playoffs um, because of that. So uh, really excited for Sam because you know at the end of the day he is a really good teammate. His teammates love him. He's a good guy. Um, I'm happy that he is succeeding a little bit and just hope that he can continue to to build off of that. Yeah, uh, he started four games this year, no interceptions so far. His QB rating is pretty impressive, 103, 85, 108, 121. He's playing all right right now, which is good to see. He's just got to keep that up and not make mistakes and play mistake-free football. He had that one fumble in Denver that I don't think they lost it. Um, in that game. So for the most part, he's been playing really well and he needs to keep that up. If, if they're going to win these back-to-back games and take the NFC South title. Absolutely. Another guy I wanted to just mention quick was DJ Moore. Another touchdown. He's got six on the year for the season. Most in his career. I think four was the most he's had in a season. So he just keeps adding to it, and he's definitely got a wrap before with uh, Darnold. Pretty impressive play on Sunday. Don't remember the quarter down, but the one on the sideline. Hard to see from my vantage point, but the tiptoe catch with those Grinch cleats on was pretty damn impressive. I, I don't, from my angle, it looked like he didn't make the catch. I was yelling for them to just quick snap that shit and go, but looking back on it after in the highlights that was that was a pretty damn good catch by him yeah absolutely and this is i mean dj moore is is my current f- favorite panther and i've been very supportive of him through um you know through, even through the, the baker mayfield games when you know dar- or uh, when baker wasn't really targeting dj that much so uh i'm excited that he does have that connection with sam darnold and and that is flourishing and and taking its wings and, and, and flying because uh, the I want DJ Moore to reach his thousand yard mark, but it seems highly unlikely at this point. There is a chance. I, I think he's at what seven ninety three right now, maybe uh, maybe a little bit less than that. Seven sixty one. Seven sixty one. So yeah, I mean there there is a chance, but he's going to have to have two really good games in a row, which is possible. Probably not likely, unfortunately. So the thousand yard season mark. Uh, consecutive will be broken, unfortunately. But uh, he he did get his touchdowns this year. So uh, excited for him. And uh, I just really hope that we can get him a, a legitimate quarterback after this year. All right, let's talk about the latest acquisition. Uh, the, the dark night, as they call him, has returned to Carolina. Josh Norman signed to the Panthers practice squad. 
Bryson, are you excited? Jay Noah is back in the building. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's cool to have back, a, a veteran leader uh, for sure. Um, we'll bring that attitude to that uh, cornerback room that they lose with, with J.C. Horn being out, uh, which is something I want to touch on later. But, uh, I mean, he's not somebody that's going to come in and start and play every down and, and be a lockdown corner. So he's going to be a rotational piece uh, that will rotate with him. Henderson and, and Keith Taylor and TJ Carey. Uh, I would like to see them bring up Tay Hayes. Uh, he was signed by the Patriots today. So Tay Hayes is no longer on the team, um, which really sucks because I liked him. But yeah, it, it's cool to, you know, have the nostalgia of Josh Norman back and, and hopefully he can. I think last season he had seven forced fumbles. So he can bring some of that and, and teach that to the cornerback room. That'll be great. Um, but I don't expect much from him in, in coverage. He was actually pretty bad in coverage last year. For the 49ers, I think his final grade was a 49 from Pro Football Focus. So not very good, but but it's cool. It's cool to have him back in Carolina. Yeah, I agree. I loved I loved Josh Norman when he was here. He's just his attitude, and I feel like uh, we all know that good old Dave Gettleman made him. I I feel like made a mistake when he rescinded that franchise tag several years back. Just a bonehead move to develop a guy and really, I mean, he was from where he started to where he was at in Carolina before they got rid of him he was playing at a pretty high level. Um, but yeah, it's good to see him back. Thought it was funny. And, and we've all probably seen it by now, but Steve Smith put out the tweets. Uh, we had, uh, Trey Boston put something out and then Thomas Davis got into it today and said Steve Wilkes needs to pick up the phone. I'm in game shape. So our game <laughs> weights, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, it's it's good to see some of the vets from back in the day when this team was playing at a pretty high clip showing support for this team, which is really good. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Right now, new customers can buy just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Bryson had the Jacksonville Jaguars winning last week over the Jets. He got that one right, so we're going with him again this week. He is sticking with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've been hot as of late. They're four-and-a-half favorite over the Texans. He's got them covering that, winning that game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code TPPN. Let's talk about the J.C. Horn injury because I feel like it's not being talked about enough. Um... The guy is a damn good cornerback, and this is going to hurt this defense. It really is. We saw what Keith Taylor, how he was a couple weeks ago in Pittsburgh when he was called on to start, I mean, really play a prominent role in that game once C.J. Henderson went out. I'm a little little scared about that. I'm just curious, would you like – 
It looks like J.C. Horn got surgery today on his wrist, broke his wrist, got surgery today. Would you like to see him pull a Thomas Davis and be out on the field this Sunday? Well, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> if if that's a possibility, then definitely you want your best player on defense out there. But the the other aspect of this that's not being talked about is J.C. Horn is injury prone. This is the third or fourth injury that he's had with this team, and he's already missed games this year multiple games this year because of a different injury. Everybody knows what happened last season, and now he has the broken wrist. Um, it really sucks that he he can't stay healthy and stay on the field because this team needs him. So, yeah, I, I hope that he can pull through and play with a, a club, which a lot of corners do, but I think this injury specifically, I don't think very many do come back and play with clubs, but uh, maybe J.C. Horn bucks that trend. Um, but, yeah, I think at some point um, J.C. Horn has to put a full season together. Uh, I know it's only his second year, but damn, we lost him at one of the most important times uh, of his career and one of the most important times in the past five years in Carolina. So really sucks to lose him, and, and hopefully he can pull out and play this weekend. Yeah, I was trying to quickly see if I could pull up something on broken wrist injuries with defensive backs. But, yeah, I mean, if there is a way him for him to play this week – I don't see why he – I mean, throw him out there. Put a club on him. I'll take it. Like, I feel like a, a J.C. Hub with a, a – J.C. Horn with a club is uh, still a pretty decent corner if he can make it happen. Especially, I mean, um, the season's on the line this weekend. It's win or go home for Carolina yeah. against Tampa Bay. So, I mean, you got to put – I mean, use all the bullets you got in your artillery, artillery, and you know, and go see what you can, you know, make of it. And it would be, I would be shocked if he's out there. And I feel like the the Josh Norman signing is kind of the writing on the wall with that. But we shall see. I mean, I never expected Thomas Davis to come in and play in the Super Bowl, and look what he did. So we'll see what he does. We'll see what kind of player he is and if you know i'm not you know advocating for guys to go be playing when they're hurt but uh if it can if he can make it happen and the doctors clear it i don't i don't see why not so something to watch for this weekend let's talk about Derek brown a little bit here his comments today on good morning football he was talking about Steve Wilkes. I didn't watch the full interview. I just saw the clips on Twitter, but he said that, quote, we want Steve Wilkes to be our next head coach, speaking for everyone in the locker room. I think that's how he phrased it. So, I mean, I feel like we talk about this almost every week, Bryson, but not sure how much has changed. But do you feel like Wilkes should be the guy at this point? I mean, it's really getting hard for me not to – fully jump on the Steve Wilkes train. Obviously, after last week, that loss with it being versus the Steelers, who is Tepper's former team, really I felt thought um, – I thought it felt uh, would put a damper on his chances. But to come out there and, and play the way they did against the Lions, who were one of the hottest teams in the NFL, that nobody expected Carolina to win, and to absolutely dominate them like they did in one of the biggest games in Carolina in a long time, uh, and then for players to come out with this kind of support, like Derek Brown, um, 
today and then even uh, the comments I want to get into from Shaq Thompson uh, in a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's just I don't really understand. Well, I'll put it this way. I don't know if there is a a coach out there that's going to be better for this organization than Steve Wilkes is right now. I just you would be taking a chance on a guy like Ben Johnson, who's one of my favorites, or Shane Steichen or Frank Wright. You would be taking a chance and hoping that they can motivate their players as much as Steve Wilkes has done. And Steve Wilkes is sitting at 500, I believe, right now. Uh, already matched Matt Rule's season, you know, uh, season average that he has averaged in his, his his time here. And I just – I don't know. It, it's a tough situation. I, I would really like to get inside the mind of David Tepper and see what he's thinking. But obviously, if the team makes playoffs, there is no chance in hell that, that – Tepper is going to let him walk. I mean, fans would riot. We're back in the promised land that we've been wanting to be in since however long it's been. So uh, if, if he makes playoffs, and yes, I think he's back. Absolutely. I, I think a lot depends on these final two games. And if Carolina can win out or, or go one and one and, and make it interesting, then I think that's going to go a long way into the offseason and, and Wilkes' chance. But with the player support that he has and the fan support that he has, he has very high fan support, uh, very high fan approval rating. I, I think it's going to be hard to, for him not to be the choice uh, in Carolina for next year and, and the future. Yeah, he's making it a really hard case to go any other way. Um, that's for damn sure. When you have the, the amount of players uh, coming out in support, the, you know, the really the record he has put on, you said it, five and five as a coach. That's matched Matt Rule's total wins in a season already. And what he has dealt with, didn't pick his staff, lost the franchise's best player through a trade, traded a wide receiver a week later, fired a bunch of people on the staff and kind of made it his own and has this team playing for a playoff spot is insanity at this point. It really is. This season has been so unpredictable and crazy and a roller coaster ride for us fans. But he's got them playing well right now, and he has them buying in. And you kind of see what happened with the Raiders and, and Bashadi, and I always keep bringing that up, but you look at him where – they were dealing with so much shit with the John Gruden, the emails, all this garbage going on in the background. And that guy got that team playing well and they made a playoff and they made the playoffs. It was very similar. They strung together wins. They went in a different direction. And that team is, <laughs> I mean, that team is in a disarray at this point with the roster they have. So, and you see what the Raiders did. They ended up not taking Bashadi back. So it's, Steve Wilkes is making a really good case at this point. I still think these two games are big in Tepper's mind, and we'll see kind of where things go from here. But, I mean, he is – I think at this point it's 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 almost time to strip the interim tag. Um, but, yeah, these next two games are going to be the tell-all. You know, some people argue it's – they don't need the next two games. He's done enough. So it'll be interesting if, if even if, you know, that things don't end up the way it is, and I don't mean to drag this out much longer, but they don't end up the way they want it to go and Panthers don't make playoffs. 
uh, you know, David Tepper is going to face a freaking massive group of fans. If they don't bring him back, they're going to be pissed off because you brought, you know, winning back to this team and, and an attitude and to keep pounding and win the day and, a you know, a, an actual identity on offense for what you have on the roster and to not bring him back when that's what you preach and you want winning. It's, I mean, I think you said it there, there will be riot. I mean, it'll be rioting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, to kind of go off of, off of that a little bit, uh, Shaq Thompson was on uh, Josina Anderson's podcast, I believe. And he said that uh, in regards to Matt Rule having somebody from college coming up and trying to tell people who've been in the league six to eight years, an MVP, an all-pro player, uh, kind of putting the writing on the wall that Matt Rule and Stephon Gilmore had dis- disagreements on the scheme, uh, of Phil Snow's scheme. And that's probably part of the major reason why uh, Stephon Gilmore isn't here anymore. Um, he said – he goes on to further say that it was like 50-50. Like half the team was bought into Matt Rule and half the team wasn't. And which Cam Newton kind of kind of lent to in his final presser with Carolina. Um, but then after all that, he goes on to say that Steve Wilkes, uh, <clears throat> everybody's buy-in, 100% buy-in. Um, Wilkes is honest with it. Wilkes doesn't sugarcoat anything. He's going to tell you the truth. He's honest. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't go behind your back and tell lies or, or just he just lays it all out there and he's going to call whoever out. He doesn't care if you're the star player of the team or you're the backup wide receiver or whatever. He's going to call you out if you're not playing well and he expects you to respond. So uh, Shaq Thompson is just another player to come out in support of Steve Wilkes. Uh, and it's just it just keeps growing every week. I think there's just more stuff you learn about Matt Rule that's negative and Steve Wilkes that's positive and a lot that's changed in, in a matter of, you know, one season in Carolina. So. Uh, we'll see what happens these final two games. And I, I think, you know, he does have a very legitimate chance to, to be back in Carolina. Yeah, I will say this. I really wish I would have listened to Trey Boston a couple of years ago when we were golfing with him because he, he kind of hinted to me. And at the time I was honestly shocked by his answer when I asked him, what's the difference between Ron Rivera and Matt Rule as a coach? And he said he's very collegey. And I asked him kind of what he meant by that. And um, he kind of alluded to some of the comments that Cam has said in the past, Shaq has said. And I kind of wish I would have taken that more, you know, from a guy who was actually in the locker room Um, because the writing was clearly on the wall to many of them in there. But I just had to add to that because I thought that was – some telling comments by Shaq, even, you know, that was a guy that Matt Rule t- spoke highly of when yeah. he was here. So, and I love Shaq. He's, he's a good shit. He's a good dude. And he's, he's been playing well too. So, all right. But anyway, off of that, I'm, we're going on a long tangent. Let's talk about this game this weekend. It's a massive one. It is the season this weekend. And then next week, if they win is going to be the season again. So, Panthers head to Tampa this Sunday that are game back in the division. They beat Tampa Bay once already. So if they were in a tie record, they hold the tiebreaker. Fox is uh, locked in that game. They wouldn't give 
NBC, the Sunday night football game. That's why it probably wasn't going to be on Sunday night this week, which is fine by me because Carolina likes to underperform under the lights and in the spotlight. Uh, but Greg Olson on the call, former Panther Kevin Burkhart. The Panthers need to win on Sunday to keep their playoff hopes alive. Bryson, how are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, what a buildup. Um, yeah, Fox is sending their number one crew. Uh, like you mentioned, they locked it in. They didn't want to get rid of it because they know it's gonna. There are gonna be a lot of people tuning in from from both sides. And uh, I've looked up tickets, and I was like, damn, I, I you know, it's an eight hour drive from where I live, and. You know, there for a minute I was considering it, but I think it's best that I stay here and watch it at home money-wise. But, yeah, I, I feel good about the game. I think it is going to be a really good game. I think that the way the Bucks have been playing, um, I don't put a whole lot into. At the end of the day, it's Tom Brady. And we know that the it seems the league makes a lot of favorable calls to Tom Brady's way. So I think that Carolina is going to be – fighting against the Buccaneers, Tom Brady and the refs in Tampa Bay. So they're going to have the work cut out for them. But I, I'm really confident in this team, although they haven't been consistent. Um, I think last week is really just – it was a whole other level last week that this team hasn't reached this season with them. Uh, did they set the franchise record for rushing yards? Was 320 the record? Uh, yes, I believe so. So yeah, yeah, I mean, game. Yeah, and with the, the no quarterback hits and Sam Darnold playing well and the defense playing well, uh, it is going to be important to see if we can get J.C. Horn back. And that part scares me a little bit with Tom Brady, although he hasn't been the best this year. He's still Tom Brady. Um, but I am excited for it. I can't wait uh, for Sunday, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. Yeah, I'd be lying if I didn't say I'm nervous, very nervous. Definitely. Tom Brady – in late December, early January is not a guy I want this team to be playing. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Saints, Tom was on the ropes, come back, comes back, wins. Cardinals up by 10, fourth quarter. Brady found a way, sends it to overtime, they win the game. Um, Carolina's inconsistency to play well scares me. Um, you look at the Cincinnati game, you look at the Steelers game two weeks ago, Pittsburgh game should have been a walk in the park and they got their ass kicked. Um, I feel like they're going to have their hands full with the JC Horn injury. It's going to be tough. They're going to have to treat this game like they did in Seattle, you know, coming into a hostile environment, loud playoff atmosphere. They need, this is the type of game they're going to have, they're going to have to play to beat this team. Um, do we want to go to predictions? Yeah, you go first this time. Okay. Well, I said last week I wasn't picking them again this season, and that's the Panthers. Um, I think the loss of J.C. Horn is going to be too much to overcome. He takes away – he literally takes away a receiver when he's out there. Uh, and the way Key Taylor has played uh, – when they needed to rely on him in Pittsburgh, he just he couldn't cut it, and that scares me. On the other hand, you have the Bucs. They could be down both their starting offensive tackles in this game. Tristan Wirfs re-aggravated his high ankle sprain. Josh Wells was placed on injured reserve after the game. Um, 
shocker, but I am not picking this week. I am keeping it. There is no pick from me. I don't want to pick against them, and I don't want to pick for them. I'm null and voiding it. I hope the Panthers kick their ass and win by 100, but I am not picking in this game. <laughs> Go ahead. What What is the line on DraftKings? Is it is it three? The Bucks favored by three? I can pull it up here. Okay. I, I think it is, which is pretty much a pick them. Yeah, um, DraftKings Sportsbook has the Bucks by three. Okay. So that's kind of what, what Vegas is saying as well. We're, we're not really touching this one, but I uh, like I lent to earlier – I'm I'm confident in Carolina just because of the way they played against the Lions and the situation that it was, and it was a must-win in Detroit. They had to win that game if they wanted a chance to win this division. So I really think that this team is is flying extremely high off of that win, and uh, the Bucks have struggled most of the season. Even when they win, they don't look great. Uh, they they can't stop the run really at all. Uh, the J.C. Horn injury is going to hurt definitely, and I think that. Tom Brady will get will get his versus the secondary without J.C. Horn. But I think Carolina's going to win. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I think that the defensive line is going to have a good game because of those injuries you mentioned. Uh, hopefully Brian Burns has another multi-sack game. And Yitor Gross Matos shows up, uh, the second-round pick that's been a been non-existent since he's been here. And Marquise Haynes and Derek Brown, I, I hope they all have a great game. And I think that most of them will. Um, I'm going to take Carolina 24 to 17. Before we go, I want to thank DJ Moore's mom. I was at the game on Saturday and I saw her in the stands behind the Panthers bench. And of course, a couple beers in me, I'll go talk to anyone. So I went up to her and just introduced myself. Very sweet woman. Kind of was just sitting off by her own, had a DJ more like custom, like Christmas shirt on. It was really cool, but she was awesome. I just wanted to thank her for taking a picture. Great times there. But we want to thank everyone for listening to Panthers on Tap podcast. You can get us wherever you get your podcast. Go follow us on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news. And as always, 